It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, one of the only people not fired by President Trump, and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, thanks for being with us again on this episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. I'm Dan. Great to have you along with us. And every, as you know, every week we give you more and more detail, information, training, techniques, and strategies to make your life easier when it comes to recruiting and not only easier, but more effective and with better net results. That's what we're all about. We have a passion for it, for helping coaches. And today we want to extend that out to beyond what we do in our daily work for coaches and bring in something that uh, as a talking point and as a conversation that a lot of coaches have mixed feelings about. And I'm talking about recruiting services and some coaches rely on them, love the data that they give and the access to athletes that they might otherwise miss. And other coaches have real problems with recruiting services. Uh, they don't believe that they're needed or they feel like they um, use student-athletes unfairly uh, in, in terms of the student-athlete often paying for those services and that help. Uh, and, and really, the, you, you get some really passionate responses when it comes to college, recruit, college coaches and recruiting services. So we wanted to kind of dive into the topic and explore it, and we wanted to do so with kind of the extremes of college recruiting services out there. Uh, on the big end, the large end, we're going to talk with Rick McDole, uh, one of the executives that helps run NCSA. Many of you are familiar with that, Next College Student Athlete. Uh, they're based in Chicago. They are uh, large and are part of a, a pretty wide network of, of um, coaches, athletes, and, and really they get information from all over the country. And a lot of coaches use them uh, regularly and are familiar with them. And on the smaller end, we're going to talk with rising recruits and Dusty Gilbreth, who is their founder, and they do um, uh, baseball video and and recruiting help strictly for baseball players. So we kind of wanted to get the two different worlds, uh, something that was large and established and covers every athlete, and then down to the more specialized uh, boutique recruiting services out there like Rising Recruits. And that's the conversation we wanted to have. And really the focus of the conversation is not to promote the services because you either uh, use them or you don't. You have your favorites or you don't. And that's, that's sort of beside the point. What we wanted to do was get these two individuals on and find out what makes them tick, what, what is behind the, the mission of their organization, how coaches can use recruiting services if they choose to, and what mistakes they see coaches making through the process when it comes to accessing this information. So we're going to lay it all out for you. If you're not a fan of recruiting services, I think it'll make you think and if you are a fan, and if you are a user, I think that's going to give you even more insights into how they operate and how they run. So this is all about you, Coach. These are resources for you. We want to dive into the conversation and start it off by really asking uh, Rick McDole of NCSA what it is about recruiting services that coaches should use and maybe even a little bit about what they are wary of or misunderstand about recruiting services. And that's how the conversation started. Uh, thanks, Dan. Good question. Um, 
So generally speaking, you know, here at NCSA, we think the recruiting process is really challenging um, at all levels, you know, regardless of whether or not you're a college coach and you have a lot of resources available to you or very little resources available to you. The common thread is that the recruiting process is difficult. It demands time. It demands energy. It demands resources. And, um, you know, our general kind of stance on, on the topic is that coaches should use any and all resources available to them to be successful in drawing the right types of student athletes to their program. And if there are sources out there that can uh, accomplish those goals, then we recommend that they look into it. And uh, we think there are a lot of effective uh, solutions available in the marketplace to make things just a little bit more um, efficient and effective. And uh, ultimately, coaches can be served well by that, uh, as well as student athletes and their families. Right. Perfect. And, and Dusty, what would you say, you know, just in how to answer that question, why why should a coach use a recruiting service and utilize, uh, whether it's a large company or a smaller, more sports-specific company, uh, why why use a recruiting service? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we know that coaches are have their hands full with uh, specific skill sets and training that they have to accomplish on the field or on the court. Um, so providing a resource to give them a chance to funnel their recruiting process into a more of a streamlined uh, streamlined effort can benefit them in terms of time management um, and also just any resource is a good resource to find to solidify your thought process on offering that player a, posi- a spot on the roster or just to find that hidden gem so utilizing a resources that's out there i don't think it can be harmful whatsoever so it's definitely worth exploring so for, for each of you that has you've been communicating with college coaches, and obviously you work with a lot of families and, and get that side of it, but what, what are you finding when it comes to college coaches who, who have hesitated or don't use a recruiting service or any type of kind of uh, you know, athlete database that they haven't seen or scouted themselves? What is the main hesitation you hear or the biggest, I guess, question marks from college coaches that you have to answer or deal with in, in your regular interactions? And Bessie, I'll pick it up, maybe let you answer that first and then and then Rick from NCSA. Yeah, sure, that's a good question. Um, the biggest you know, uh, barrier that we find is that coaches don't have the time for it. Um, so their hands are full or they already have somebody that they designate to be in charge of the recruiting process and they don't need another option, um, which I understand. Um, but, and I don't think there's such thing as too much information being a bad thing. So mm-hmm. overcoming that barrier quite a bit, we talk about, um, we understand you're busy. You know, we know that this, uh, you have your hands full around the clock. So just another option out there for you to explore can't hurt. Right. And Rick, what, what about you? What are the things that typically, especially as a larger organization, you've had a lot of time in the marketplace and you still have coaches that might question, you know, a recruiting service in general. What what is the thing that you find that you battle the most when it comes to getting them over to the idea of of using that kind of a resource? Yeah, so uh, you know, we've been in the marketplace for a long time now, um, trying to get coaches to to adopt our service and uh, to use NTSA to help them with the process. So very familiar with this question and kind mm-hmm. of, um, you know, ad- addressing these, uh, these types of things coming from coaches. And, you know, the first thing that we kind of hear consistently when we're interacting with a new coach is, you know, they want to know who you are as an organization. And I think the, the kind of common driving um, core um, kind of issue that they're trying to get out there is like, do you have the best interest of the student athlete and the family in mind? 
with what you are uh, attempting to provide them as well as college coaches. Coaches are in the business because they care about student athletes. They value the experience that they're creating uh, to give uh, student athletes and families the opportunity to be a part of college athletics. So I think most people are kind of operating from that assumption or from that, that vantage point of really wanting to know, are you doing good? And are you helping or are you hurting? And, um, you know, they really want to make sure that they can kind of understand who you are as an organization, what your mission is. Are you driving towards the right sort of things that really align with who they are as college coaches? So we spend a lot of time trying to really help coaches understand who we are and um, the fact that we do really care about our families and that we're in this business because we want to help them be successful as well as college coaches be successful in the process. And we really want to try to put um, a story and a face and a narrative really behind who we are as a brand because you think it really makes everything else kind of easier past that point. Once you kind of establish that and you get on, you know, common ground with a coach that we're really operating from the, the same sort of uh, perspective in terms of wanting to help, uh, then it really kind of gets into the nuts and bolts in terms of uh, what does the quality of data look like? You know, the, if you're giving a coach a 40-yard dash or uh, a jump or, you know, any sort of stat, uh, where is it coming from? Is it verified? Where was it verified? Um, is that information going to be something that they can trust? Is that information going to be something that they can rely on to make decisions in their process? Um, so that's a really big hurdle to kind of get over as well. You know, if you're giving them a student athlete and you're recommending, hey, this is a, a type of student athlete that is not only interested in your school, but we think is also potentially a good fit for you. Coaches want to know why you're making that uh, recommendation and um, really what are the reasons behind why you think that student's a good fit. So, you know, I think those two core reasons are kind of the the things that come up the most for coaches and as it relates to getting them started with a recruiting service. And then from there, once you kind of like get past those things, I think it's relatively easy to demonstrate your value and to show them that you can be um, of assistance to them. And it starts to kind of uh, unfold, I think, a little bit more organically. I do agree with Dusty that I think like getting a coach to adopt anything that's new is tough because they're strapped yeah. for time and they're strapped for resources. So, you know, that's certainly something that I would echo as well. Like it, with anybody trying like a new product or a new service, um, there's a little bit of like an adoption curve that you try to uh, work through. So that's certainly like present in our mind as we think about trying to get new coaches to use our service. Right. And, you know, you brought up something, both of you sort of touched on it, but Rick, you, you brought it up that, you know, there is the money aspect too, that there is, um, uh, you know, for coaches and even, you know, for some parents and, and athletes, there's the aspect of, I am paying somebody to, uh, to, to help market, uh, this athlete. And for the coaches, there is, you know, in some cases it's, it's rational. In other cases, they haven't really maybe thought it through, but there is this instinctive knee jerk kind of pulling back, like, Oh, you guys charge money. It's not free to the athlete. Um, you're, you're charging money for it. <clears throat> and I, I, I'm just wondering where, this is just really an opinion that I would love from, from both of you. How did that all happen? Like, what is it, where has the, has the negative connotation with a family, engaging in the service of professionals like the two of you and the companies that are out there that provide recruiting services to athletes as a reason not to use the service. Well, that's because they're, they're charging in the athlete money. Um, I'm just, what, what's your opinion on where that became a, a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, and I think, I think maybe over the last 10 or 15 years, it kind of developed a negative connotation. Um, just, but, but, 
because the last 10, 15 years, the talent pool in each sport has gotten so deep. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that you charge money for a service isn't necessarily a negative. Um, there are is a plethora of athletes across all sports that are trying to get recruited. So, of course, it would take a service that would have a fee attached to it to get this student uh, recruited to colleges across the country. You know, uh, looking back 50 years ago, you kind of you went to the college kind of where you live by, you know, and right. that was your option. But if you're going to work with recruiting athletes across the country and sending a kid from Florida to California or sending a kid from, you know, New York to Texas, um, there's a lot of legwork involved in that. So I'm not sure where the negative connotation came from because it's a, it is a service that requires a lot of time and energy. And the people that are working across all recruiting services that I've you know, met, met with and dealt with are genuinely have the best interest of the athlete at heart. Um, and in turn, they're trying to provide a good athlete to that collegiate program to make that collegiate program better. So although there's a, there's a monetary exchange involved, it's a, it's a really good service across the board for everyone that I've dealt with at least. Right. Yeah, Dan, I, th I think a lot of it kind of boils down to that whole aspect of like, do you have the athlete's best interest in mind? And I think a lot of this kind of just stems from the reality that, you know, coaches don't want an athlete purchasing something under any sort of like false present, um, false right. expectations or um, really paying for something that you can't, you know, fulfill the expectations on. So, you know, I, I think when they see a student athlete being presented to them, that's either not a good fit for their program or maybe still developing and maybe not ready for college athletics and they're working with a recruiting service, they think that the driving factor behind that relationship is that that student athlete paid a recruiting service to, you know, uh, get them into the college level or to make a recommendation uh, that maybe wasn't a sound one for the, the college program or for the student athlete. And um, that really kind of couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, the way that we kind of view things is that um, the recruiting process is a process that a family is going to go through and they um, it's a process that's very stressful for them. Uh, it demands a lot of time and energy and we're providing a service that can um, help them kind of navigate that path to college and that journey more effectively. You know, we don't go into any sort of relationship saying, hey, if you pay us a certain amount of money, we'll recommend you to certain types of schools or by using our service, it's going to be any sort of guarantee that college coaches are going to want to recruit you. You know, we're simply kind of positioning ourselves as a solution to managing their process more effectively. Um, and, you know, as Dusty pointed out, that does take time, that does take energy. Um, there is a need for that. Um, so as a result, it does happen to you know, result in uh, an exchange of money. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of it just kind of boils down to having that best interest for the student athlete in mind. And they don't want student athletes to feel like they're paying for placement or anything along those lines. And rightfully so, because the NCAA doesn't allow for that. So, um, but I think that's kind of the big driving factor is, again, they don't want um, service to be taking money and promising results that they can't deliver on. Right. So for both of you, when you work with athletes uh, in, and again, uh, Dusty with rising recruits, uh, focusing on baseball athletes, it's very, it's very much an individualized uh, service and NCSA, larger, bigger database, and it works with, with um, all athletes. Um, I, I'm just wondering, what do you hear or sense from, uh, from the athlete point of view? Obviously, when I ask what, the, what are they trying to get out of it? Well, I want to get seen by coaches, and this is one of the reasons I played my sport, and I want to engage in this relationship with an organization like uh, like each of yours to get more more prospects, but what are you finding are 
like some of the motivations behind the scenes that they're either talking about or worried about, or as they go through this really confusing process for the first time, um, what are they telling you that they might be not be telling a college coach uh, in, in the recruiting process that they might reveal uh, to you as far as what, what their, their worries are or what their motivations are? Yeah, Dan, I think you hit it on the head with the word you used of confusion. Um, I think that's where services like Rick are extremely, you know, extremely beneficial to the athlete. It's, it's a confusing time period. So I think when I shoot um, my baseball boys, what I get a lot of is they don't know what their expectations should be. They don't know what level they can compete at. They don't know what to do next. Um, and they're really trying to, to get some answers on all these things that are running through their minds. So to answer your question on that, I think it's, uh, it's getting, getting these boys or these athletes, I guess, across the board some clarity into how this process works and what they can do next to position themselves to be recruited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, would just, I would echo a lot of that, Dan. I think most families are just kind of confused. How does this all work? Uh, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we make this uh, a reality for our student, um, most families are extremely kind of stressed out. They're anxious about the process. The parents are, you know, worried. They want the best for their their son or daughter, and um, you know, they, they feel like they, they don't really know how to kind of make all of that happen. Um, so that's kind of what we deal with on a regular basis. Uh, a big part of NCSA service is uh, is really the um, consultative services that we provide families. So we do something that we call a coaching session for a family, where they would have like a 30 minute meeting with an advisor to kind of download on where they're at in the process, what they're experiencing, who they're talking to. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to give our advice on kind of what the next steps are. Most of those sessions are all around like, hey, the coach said this, what do you what do you think that really means? What should we do next? Where do we go? So like, uh, you know, they're just, they're so worried about making a misstep in the process um, that, you know, they're just, they're hyper-focused on any anything that can kind of help guide them uh, to be more successful on it. The other thing I would echo um, from Dusty's uh, comments was that wanting to understand what school is the right fit. You know, I think a very small percentage of families have unrealistic expectations, although, you know, the, those types of families are out there. I think most families understand, you know, generally what types of levels they might be able to play at, you know, if they're not, you know, uh, the superstar athlete for their high school or for their club team, you know, they're probably going to naturally organically float towards exploring some of those smaller levels. So they, they do kind of have just a general understanding of maybe where they should look and where they shouldn't look. But beyond that, most of them have very little experience with schools um, that are outside of those Power Five type conferences or any other conferences that they would see on national television. Um, so wanting to, to understand where are they a good fit? Why are these schools attractive options? Um, you know, How do they actually service the expectations that we have in terms of what we want out of our college experience uh, as a family? there's a lot of time and energy kind of spent around that. You know, I think probably one of the more valuable things that a recruiting service does for a college coach is it really amplifies their message about who they are as a brand and why their school is an attractive option for a student athlete. Um, Probably like maybe 40% of the time that we spend with families um, is really around like, hey, this is why Lake Forest College is a really, really great option. And you should be super excited to, um, um, to hear from a school like that, um, because they don't see Lake Forest College on TV every day, but uh, and they don't know how special it is, you know. But um, uh, once they kind of get that uh, instruction and that advice, it starts to all make sense for them, and they start to get a little bit more excited in the process. And I think just kind of 
giving them, reassuring them that everything's okay, that these are the next steps, and then offering a sense of excitement about where they go from here and the schools that they're connecting with is a big part of what we do and a big part of uh, some of the challenges that they face. So you both brought up something that I kind of, again, why I love uh, talking to professionals on this podcast, because you bring up things that I didn't think of before. And one of the things that occurred to me is that they're bringing to you as athletes, recruited athletes, these questions, these worries, these, uh, um, you know, and their true motivations. And they're talking to you about them and, and also what confusions they have uh, about the process. But, but they aren't maybe doing that with their college coach. And I'm just wondering why is that, number one? And also kind of is that part of the role of a recruiting service is to kind of be that buffer and to be the people that privately they've been through the process and you're both former college athletes. And so you can, they can sort of talk to you without maybe in their mind embarrassing themselves in front of a college coach with the questions or, or talking about being nervous or just the confusion. I mean, is that, would you say that's part of the role of a, of a recruiting service as well? I think, you know, uh, yeah, so you go ahead, Rick. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it kind of depends on the family. You know, I think there's definitely a big group of, um, of families out there that have that need and it's not getting serviced by their high school or their club coach. There's also a really big group of families that um, that do get that really effectively serviced by their, their high school or their club coach. So, you know, I, I think there's a need for it. We do spend a lot of time on it. It is a pretty attractive um, part of what we can offer families. Not every family chooses it, though. So. Um, it's, it's certainly not a, a guarantee that every family is going to need it, but for the families that do, I mean, I, I do think it provides a, a tremendous amount of value for them. It's hard to talk about this kind of stuff directly with the college coach because they're worried about what, what it might mean if they position themselves in the wrong way or they ask the wrong question. You know, the analogy there is probably like uh, in the dating world, I'm, I'm not, you know, too old to where I, I've forgotten what that's <laughs> like. You know, you, you, if you're dating somebody, you talk to your friends about how the relationship's going. You know, you don't talk directly right. with uh, the person that you're pursuing, right? So it's that same sort of analogy where that sounding board to kind of um, work through what's happening um, does add a lot of value. And again, recruiting services can be that. Uh, we're not the only solution for that, but uh, there's a lot of families out there that do value that. Right. Yeah, those are all really good points, Rick. Um, we do a lot, too. I, we kind of, because we're a bunch of baseball guys that, that played, and we played at various levels, through Division Three to Division One um, to Major League Baseball, we all have a different perspective. Um, so a lot of what we see is kids come to us from, and they, they almost ask us off-the-cuff que off questions like you would an older brother or, um, you know, a wise uncle. They're going to try to, they're going to say things that they're, uncom they're, they're uncomfortable thinking about, and they want to know the answer to, but they wouldn't be comfortable to bring that up to a collegiate coach, right? When you're going through the recruiting process, you want to exude confidence and you want to, you want to establish yourself as you, you belong there. So these off the cuff, off, off the cuff questions they can ask to an older brother seem to be really comforting versus embarrassing in, in front of a, a coach that's going to make a decision on, on giving you an offer or not. Right. One thing I've heard um, from college coaches is one of their worries about a recruiting service, um, especially like we talked about the, the taboo of money being involved is I'll hear, well, I'm not sure if, if the kid wants to um, wants to play at this level or if this is all being driven by the parents. And we all know that there are parents involved with the process that make it all kind of um, you know jaded or even a little crazy and I guess, how would you answer that? Like if, if a coach was saying, you know, obviously the parents are paying for this, these services, um, 
And I really want to know if the athlete wants to be here. How would you answer a coach who's thinking that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, for, for us, we, we always like to, as we're doing our recruiting, we like to get, to, or as, we, as we're doing our filming, we like to get to know the athletes, high school coaches, their travel ball coaches, um, and their teammates to kind of to, to uh, validate or solidify their want and desire to play at the next level. Um, I would say that the majority, if not all of the guys that we film, have serious interest in playing um, collegiate baseball. And I'm sure Rick is probably on the same page as that. Um, I don't see, at least from my vantage point, I don't see a, any uh, parents that are pushing their guys to get filmed to go play in college, and then they ultimately don't want to. Every guy that we want to has a real innate desire to want to compete at the next level. And I know, um, Rick, you may have a different perspective, but mine is that the kids, they really want it. Yeah, I think it's a tough question to answer, and I, I, I recognize the challenge that a college coach has. I mean, high school students are um, you know, notorious for changing their mind about things, right? So today they want to play college sports, and tomorrow they might not. So their level of responsiveness to a coach out, uh, reaching out to them just kind of varies depending on the weather for that day or, you know, what, what, what happened in, you know, fourth period English or whatever. So, you know, I think that's certainly like a, a challenge that exists in the, in the, um, in the process and in the market. And, um, you know, there's no like silver bullet solution for it. Um, at sure. NCSA, like we, we try to spend as much time and energy as possible helping the student athlete understand what types of schools they qualify for, um, and then really showing them um, some specific options. And we try to encourage them to analyze those schools, see what they like, see what they don't like, and then really um, determine which schools are kind of on what we call like their favorites list and um, which schools they're really open and receptive to hearing from. And um, the, the, hopefully the end result there is there's more efficiency in the process so the coach can kind of recognize, hey, these kids have favorited my school. Um, they're checking out my NCSA page. Um, they are open and interested in hearing from me. Um, and maybe it makes it just a little bit easier for them to kind of target um, which particular uh, athletes they want to reach out to. And obviously the response rate is not going to be 100% just because it's, it's never going to be that. But, um, sure, sure. you know, we're trying to introduce as much efficiency as possible. One of the bigger challenges, um, you know, at NCSA over the years is that early on we were really focused on trying to get as, as much scale as possible. We felt like what college coaches really didn't have access to when we first started the business was a reliable source of, of data on student athletes. You know, there was really no kind of one-stop shop to get an abundance of profile information on um, student athletes within your sport. We feel like we've kind of solved that um, relatively effectively over the years, but we've kind of entered this new phase where our big focus at this point in time is really kind of reducing the noise and bringing clarity on of the hundreds of thousands of student athletes that you have access to, which are the few that are really going to be worth your time and energy to develop really solid relationships with. And I think that kind of speaks to the notion of, you know, um, is the athlete really committed, but is the athlete committed to hearing from this particular school and being responsive to that school? Um, that's a challenge that we're, we're really trying to, you know, innovate as many different solutions as possible because we know coaches struggle with it. So last two questions I want to ask, um, are, are, are this more towards the outcome. So for coaches that have been using each one of your services, um, and I know there's a lot of stories that each of you could pick out, but can you give, and again, I'm talking to the skeptical coach who has never used a recruiting service or hasn't used one in a long time at the college level that's listening to the podcast. 
Um, can you just go over a success story, a coach that maybe was skeptical or hadn't used um, a service or certainly your service before um, and and now did, and there is a uh, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a success story, like they find somebody or you know, have a good experience. Can you just run us through one to see maybe to explain to a coach what they might be missing by not utilizing a service like these? Yeah, sure. Um, we had I mean, one of our recent stories is we have a guy. So what, pretty much what we do at Rising Recruits is we we shoot video. So the, it's gonna tell it's gonna tell the story with just a video alone. And um, we had our we had a junior in high school at a seven A school here in Georgia um, get cut from his high school team. Um, he came out and wanted to do a video um, to see if he could get any interest still, even though he had gotten cut. Um, his video got out. Uh, several several schools contacted him as in turn, and then he ended up signing um, last summer to Belmont Abbey to play Division two baseball um, after being cut from his high school team. So wow. it was a real, real big moment for him, for his family, for us to let him know that if he gets the right eyes on him, there's someone that's going to like him and there's a need for him in a program. And, um, you know, he's he's got an opportunity to play another four years of baseball where previously he was told he wasn't going to be able to play at all. Um, right. This is a guy that would would fly under the radar in many cases, but they saw his video and really liked him. Um, and he's going to play college ball next uh, next fall. And was it just a case uh, in that instance where the coach that recruited him just wasn't aware of him? I mean, that was something that yes, that and and so making them aware and they contact and and now there's there's this opportunity. Um, and I think that's you know just as a little editorial comment, that's where I think coaches who don't use all the resources and both of you talked about the importance of doing that this being one of them it you you're missing out on somebody that you would have never known about before there's no way that a college coach no matter how big the staff and how much of a budget they have can find every potential athlete that would be a good uh, a good fit and uh, so that that's I, I think that underscores that that whole idea that there are, that's, that's why you, you have these resources um, out there to use and, and you need to use. I mean, Rick, what about you? And I know there could be a, a lot because NCSA has been around a long time, but is there one of all the, the many that, that sticks out to you? Yeah, so um, I'll maybe take just a different approach to it. Um, you know, the stat that always kind of jumps out to me that um, – really illustrates our success um, in, in helping in this process is that 90 plus percent of college programs have at least one NCSA student athlete on their roster already. And when we tell coaches that stat, you know, they're really kind of blown away because obviously we don't have 90 plus percent of college programs using NCSA. Um, so for them to say, man, I'm already um, interested in and I've attracted student athletes to my program and successfully recruited athletes that are in your database, um, it starts to kind of open their eyes to really um, the reality that NCSA doesn't have to be your only solution in the recruiting process, but we should be a part of your set of solutions. And in the same way that you might visit a high school or a club or go to a tournament um, once a year um, to get, you know, a recruit every few years, NCSA should be that same sort of resource for you where you know there's a great available pool of student athletes that are going to compete either at my level or schools like me or even on my actual roster. And I need to make this something that I work through um, to make sure that I'm you know, effectively not missing the next opportunity um, to recruit um, students that can really make an impact for my team. So, 
you know, again, there, you know, like you said, Dan, there's a lot of individual success stories, but that one always tends to be kind of the one where coaches are like, whoa, man, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should give this a little maybe bit more time out. and attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So last question for each of you, um, just your own sort of forecast of, of the industry and, and what coaches can expect in the future. Where, what are some of the next big developments in recruiting services like yours? Where is it going to go? Like, what are coaches going to be seeing next? And uh, and you know, just with technology and resources be changing and all the different tools that are popping up for coaches to use, what what would you say are some of the the trends that are are developing for recruiting services and, and what's sort of next on the horizon that coaches would be able to uh, look forward to at some point soon? Yeah, I can take this one first, um, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Cool. Um, so, you know, I think for us, um, what we see is, and really kind of what we're focused on um, from a technology development perspective is we're really focused on uh, bringing as much efficiency into the marketplace as possible. So, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, right? College coaches have difficult jobs. They don't have a ton of time. They don't have a ton of resources. Um, they're very strapped on, you know, energy uh, with all of the different demands that they have in their life. Uh, so we want to really make things as easy as possible on them. And there's a few, um, you know, very specific things that we hope to accomplish in the next, you know, 12 to 24 months that um, can make things a little bit easier and can also offer that uh, efficiency that we talked about. You know, the first thing is we want to really um, improve their kind of inbox experience. Um, we know that NCSA has gotten to the point with our scale that, um, you know, they might be hearing from either us directly or our student athletes at a level that they're uncomfortable with. Um, and, you know, they want a sense of kind of control around like who they hear from, why they're hearing from that student athlete. Um, and they want to make that that process just a little bit more um, efficient for, for really what they're they're focused on. And that problem, I think, varies depending upon the level. Right. If you're a larger school, you're probably hearing from too many schools or too many student athletes. If you're a smaller school, you're probably hearing from too few student athletes. So. Uh, really optimizing that experience and giving each coach really what they want and a sense of control around um, really having a, a, their kind of guard up, so to speak, around what level of access uh, a student and a family might have to them directly is something that uh, we've kind of identified as a big pain point that we really want to solve. And we're planning on rolling out some things that really kind of address that. The other big thing for us is we want to really continue to integrate with other platforms that the college coaches are already using. One of the big things that we've done in the last 12 months is we've tried to integrate with um, resources like Front Rush um, that we know a lot of college coaches are using. They value that service. It's a part of what their um, normal approach is to recruiting uh, each and every day. So if they're in that platform and they're using that service, uh, they shouldn't have to toggle out to jump over to NCSA to pull in recruits that might be a good fit for their program. We want a seamless experience for the college coach in whatever platform um, they're using because it's going to allow them to do more of what they want to do, which is to find the right kids, to build relationships with those uh, student athletes and to hopefully get them committed to their roster and everything else uh, shouldn't be challenging. So we really want to focus on streamlining those activities and making it as easy as possible to do what they love to do, which is finding uh, the right students for their program. Awesome. And Dust, uh, what about for you? Yeah, I want to piggyback on what um, Rick is saying, and that is moving forward in the in this space and in this industry is is streamlining um, everything that we possibly can to make college coaches' jobs easier. So we're using we're utilizing technology at a, a as best as we can to make sure this is as 
this recruiting process can be done as quickly and as simply as possible. Um, so heavily, heavily relying on video and data and measurables and engaging interest that way before we need to further a conversation. So don't want to waste any time of the families if a coach, if a college is not interested and don't want to waste any time, um, you know, from the colleges, the player is not a fit. So for us is to be kind of streamline this service and this, this, um, in this industry to make these college coaches jobs easier than ever before. So they can focus on what they're good at, what they really thrive at, and that's coaching their teams. All right, coach, that is going to wrap it up for today. We hope you found that helpful. Again, recruiting services, they, they you tend to get two different reactions in my conversations with college coaches. Either they love them and use them regularly or they don't and they have their reason for not. And whatever the case may be for you, hopefully that was a good overview of, of the role that they play and the services that they offer. And we want to just uh, have that conversation and lay it out in front of you and let you decide what you want to do with it. So that's our job here, and that's what we did today, and we hope that you found it insightful uh, hearing from those two individuals. All their information are in the show notes if you want to get a hold of them or go to their websites. And, of course, there are many, many others that we just didn't have the opportunity to talk to that uh, that you may be your favorites as well. That's going to do it for today, Coach. We really appreciate appreciate you listening. If you have questions, you can email me, dan at dantutor.com. Check out the way that we work with uh, coaches on the website at dantutor.com, workshops that we can come do for your athletic department, or our summer conference that uh, is a destination point for a lot of coaches every summer to get refreshed, new ideas, and hear great speakers on recruiting topics that are relevant to college coaches. Have a great day out there, Coach, and we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.